Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage technology advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when the merch is fire. That didn't really make that much sense in terms of our, our usual relation to tech, but that doesn't matter. And I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, that's that out of the way. Uh-huh. And now we can start by talking about... Where should we talk? We should start with the merch, because that's what we were just talking about yeah. in the pre-show. Now, folks, I might be biased here, but I think that this shirt... This is honestly, like, no cap, one of my favorite shirts now. And it's not just because it has my little logo on it. Look at that. Here, look at this. Look at that. Very nice. Look at that. The new LM logo. Mm-hmm. You, you will be seeing this more and more because uh, I commissioned someone for it, and I would like to use it. Um, but essentially what we've got here is a flannel button-down. But it's, it's, like a, it's, like, it's like a thin flannel. It's okay. not very hot. But it's soft. I've actually been using it sort of as a microfiber cloth. Ooh. Which actually, should I? I should probably launch a microfiber cloth. I use those all the time. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Look at this. We've got ideas. <laughs> anyway, this right here is embroidered. It's not a sticker. It's not a patch. It's not like, you know, some flimsy thing. This is sewn into the shirt. It is lovely it you can just sort of stroke it as you go about your day uh-huh. no one will find you strange yeah but mo- most importantly the shirts are very very comfortable i've been wearing this one but we actually have seven different patterns which is fun i can show those to you now if i share the old chrome tab now if you're listening along you're gonna have to just sort of i guess imagine what i'm describing but we got a couple of things here on the new Luke Miani merch, uh, merch shop. Uh, so I'm currently modeling the... <laughs> which one am I modeling? Not... I think the first one? I think one? it's this one. Navy gray? Try the first one. No, it's one. this one. Gray yeah. blue. Yeah, that's That's it. what I'm wearing. So gray blue. Very, very comfortable. Very, very comfortable. We've also got blue and white. We've got red and black. We've got dark khaki. We've got navy and gray. We've got gray and red. We've got gold and black. So lots of colors, lots of different patterns. We've got from small to 3XL. Ships worldwide. Apple Pay is supported. Nice. Which is very important. It's not showing up here on the desktop website, but it it, it will be an option when you go to checkout, which honestly is a must. I feel like if I'm shopping for anything that is like a creator peddling their wares and whatnot and they don't have apple pay i'm like yawn but we got apple pay very nice very nice Look i like this. that one that's a bold nice shirt that yellow and uh gold that golden and and uh dark one very bold it's really nice and this the shirts are burnside they are very high quality these are not just like you know whatever bottom of the barrel shirts they're very nice now we also have we also have this design that I've been working on, which I thought, you know, uh, a little funny joke, a little funny goof, top notch. Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it, Noah? I do. It's it's a good one. So we got these hoodies. I made one in 
uh, Noah Red, because mm-hmm. I I knew that you for the longest time I think from eighth grade all the way through high school you had that one red hoodie that was like your favorite thing ever. Yeah. And so I matched that color red for this hoodie. Oh, thank you. And then we got this one, which is sort of like a what is that terracotta? Oh yeah, yeah. type of color. I could see burnt that. orange, sienna even. Yeah. Lots of colors, lots of options. We've got that in a t-shirt as well. We got some laptop stickers. Look at that. This Mac is a certified screamer. That's a classic. Nice. You got to have that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the merch store. Let me know what you guys think. Check it out. It was a lot of fun working on with CrowdMade, the company helping me out with this stuff. They, They were able to hook up, getting these nice shirts embroidered. Definitely check that one out. Which one do you want, Noah? I'll send you one. Hmm. I really, I gotta say, I do like the the button-down shirts, and I think it's super cool. It's super, like, on-brand for you, because for the entire uh, 10 years or however long that I've known you, you always wear, uh, you know, the the plaid, the button-down t-shirts. Uh, so definitely... That's sort of, an, sort of a brand. Yeah, it's definitely on-brand. It's always weird, because occasionally I've seen you in a t-shirt, and it always just looks... I always, like, do a double-take, and it looks, I'm like... He's wearing a t-shirt. That's not right. But uh Yeah, no, it's weird. When I wear a t-shirt, it's weird. It is. But I'll tell you what, you can also if you don't like to wear just button downs. Oh, we're already losing one. Wait, did it also just hit and block your light that's down there too? Yes. Oh, it did block the light. <laughs> that was the next thing I was gonna say. Um, real quick though, if you don't like to wear a button down shirt, you know, springtime, you're on the east coast, northeast, it's still a little chilly. What I like to do, just pop on a t-shirt, put a button down, unbuttoned over it. It's like a very light jacket. Oh my God, we're already down two wall panels. So enough about the merch. What is our, what's going to be our count for tonight? I mean, I guess we've already got two wall panels down. So there's only four left. How many are going to be left at the end of the day? We're, we're, by the way, five minutes in. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a little too crazy here, but like, could we go for all six? It hasn't happened yet. <sighs> that I mean, we're so far we're on pace for all six, but it's an unpredictable thing, you know. Yeah. Like, we had that one day where nothing happened until the last five minutes, and then we lost four. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, more exciting than the Super Bowl. Any Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a a lot of drama at the end there. I got an email from someone that said that that was more exhilarating than the OJ trial. Really? No. Oh, okay. I made that up. That makes sense. But I think it could be true. So we've already got a couple people that are going for all six. We've got five, two, extreme confidence here from the people that think that this is already it. We're done. Or do they mean that two are going to be left at the end? I think I think the bet is for how many are going to fall off. Okay, how many are going to fall off? That's the bet. Now, Ian here says 3M needs to sponsor. I think probably not. I don't think they would want to sponsor... Uh, what has essentially become a game show yeah. to see how many 
adhesive strips will fail. <laughs> so if if they sponsor Ian, you silly goose, then there are two possibilities. Number one, the game show continues and the wall panels fall off, thus proving that 3M was bad. Or number two, no wall panels will fall off, thus being boring. So, Ian, that idea sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I think the, these walls are just like... They're like stick repellent. Like anything that you try to stick to it. Like, unless you nail it in there, I think why? it's coming off. I can't imagine why you would want that. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Someone says nine and three quarters wall panels. So three and three quarters wall panels will, will generate. I do have, I have a couple of spares that are <gasps> here on the side. Oh my. I was not expecting that. Yeah, so there's only we only need six to uh, to 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 look good in the shot, but there are there are more. Now, as we as we relax to see how many of these people end up being correct about the wall panels, we got to talk about the Mac Studio. We got to fill some time here. We got to fill some time. I mean, this is no longer. We could probably rebrand this wall panel. That could be the name of our, our podcast now because yeah. the the main entertainment value has shifted. Yeah, exactly. But we got to talk about the Mac Studio because Noah and I actually went to the Apple Store. What was it? A week from yesterday? Last Saturday? Yes, that's correct. Because Noah was over here on the East Coast. You probably saw the video that we that we did we built a really cheap computer we could talk about that later mm -hmm. but right before noah had to go we popped over to the old apple store with the mac studio that had been bricked now i think i talked about that in um one of our shows like three weeks ago but mm -hmm. basically i have been trying to revive this beleaguered mac studio for well since like three days after launch day, it's been, yeah, it's been not great. But we finally have a development. So we took it to the Apple store. And now one thing I will say about the Genius Bar is they're always very friendly. But do you get the sense, Noah, that in the past seven or eight years, the ability of the genius bar to effectively like do stuff seems to have decreased a little bit yeah i think a lot of the stuff they've been more like sending it out to get repaired it makes sense you know the way that they've been building the products but yeah definitely definitely they're very they're very nice about it they're very uh you know as helpful as they yeah. can be but uh but yeah, there's there's not as much that they can do in store these days. Cause I I could have sworn that back in like the early Retina days, as sort of like towards the tail end of the Unibody days, they had tools at the Genius Bar to do fairly comprehensive diagnostics. I remember with your much ailed 2011 MacBook Pro. 
that we had a number of visits mm-hmm. concerning the graphics card, which also had that suite of diagnostics that they would run over Ethernet, I think. Yeah, I think they had like a local, they had like some network volume with all their secret tools and they would like boot off of it and, and run whatever those those tools were, yeah. And we saw, I mean, I remember very vividly when we were watching them go through the process and, you know, they they showed the, the failure of the graphics. We saw it fail. I mean, it failed the test. Yeah. In a quite spectacular way yeah. with a lot of funny visuals on the screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It just, they, they don't seem to really be able to do that anymore. Because basically when we took it into the Genius Bar, which by the way, doesn't exist. There's no bar anymore. Yeah. Like... There, I don't know how many Apple stores are converted, but the new meta at Apple stores is it's all tables, no bars. So they should call it really the genius table. Yeah, or the genius. I mean, the one we went to had like the four tables. It could be like the genius. Uh, are they called it the genius grove? Is that what they called it? They did call it a grove. Yeah. Yeah. There were, t- there were like three trees in it. So there you go. It's a forest. It's a grove for you. Anyway. <laughs> we took it in there and explained the situation. Uh, and by the way, we did tell the, the geniuses, plural, because there were many involved, that the machine was opened. I told them that I you know, did the swap of the storage modules. They were aware of the storage modules. They weren't quite sure if they had the tools in stored to actually open the machine. But in terms of diagnostics, basically what they did was just run Configurator 2, which is what we'd been trying to do all along. And wouldn't you know it, the exact same thing that has been happening to me the whole month happened. Um, Not exactly surprising. Mm -hmm. But the thing that was surprising to both of us, I think, Noah, was that... They did not really seem phased that I had opened and tampered with the Mac Studio. Yeah, that was... I was kind of expecting them to just be like, oh, well, you opened it, you voided your warranty. Like, I guess they would still take a look at it, but, like, I was yeah. expecting them to be a bit more like, well, you know, that's that's on you, and, uh, and you're probably going to have to pay for it, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But, no, they, they really... They really didn't seem to, to, to mind either way. Yeah, and that was definitely not what I expected. I really thought that if we sort of went in and said, so I tried to open up by cutting through the adhesive this Mac Studio, and I swapped the modules, and now one of them doesn't work. I thought they were going to say, oh, well, screw you. You meddled with it. You literally cut the adhesive. That's That's on you, buddy. But they were like, oh, yeah, you tried to upgrade them? Oh, okay. And they were kind of curious about, like, what happened? Did it work? Did it not work? Yeah. And, well, obviously it did not because that's why we were there. Um, but, yeah, they were – they seemed like they they really didn't mind that I had gone in it. So that is good news because that means that if you do open your Mac Studio or really any of your Apple products – just the very fact of opening them or even disassembling them is not going to void your warranty. I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have. And then honestly, we didn't really know 
what was going to happen there because we read the warranty information and it was a little vague. It talked about modifications. It talked about damage, but it didn't really talk about just, you know, opening something. Um, so I think it's good to know that if you do open your Apple products, even if it's something like a Mac Studio where it's easy to tell if it has been opened, that on its own is not going to void your warranty or your Apple Care. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously your mileage may vary. And uh, if you do open it up and and, and break something, uh, it very well may be. Like in your case, you know, you took out the storage module and you put it back in. You didn't break anything, right? Yeah. So, you know, some, yeah. some things, you know, be a little careful. But it was really good to see um, that they... Uh, didn't shut it down immediately and they were they were still open to, to to trying to help us out yeah so in terms of the solution i am happy to report the mac studio is back ladies and gentlemen let's go we need a, we need we need our soundboard we got to work on that oh yeah but the mac studio is back it's working and I'm a little confused in all honesty because the the solution that they told me, you know, what happened seemed a little vague and and I don't know. It was just so basically what they said was that they disassembled it and reassembled it and then used configurator 2 and it worked. Hmm. That's what they told me. And I'm like, huh? How, how do you reckon? Because we, we, you know, they they looked at it. They didn't say that anything was wrong with the disassembly. Mm -hmm. Like, my putting it back together wasn't, like, I didn't put the module in the wrong slot or not seat it properly or anything. It's like, it's screwed in. It's got to be seated correctly, right? So they say that they disassembled it. I don't know what to, to what extent. I don't know if they took the logic board out because I never did. I didn't touch that. Um, but they did some amount of disassembly, put it back together, and then bada bing, bada boom, it works. I don't know. I find that hard to believe considering that I also did that. I pulled the SSD module, uh, sorry, the storage module out and put it back. I, I even swapped power supplies to see if the power supply was was like had somehow gotten fried in that one Mac studio. So I did all that stuff and nothing nothing changed. I still got the same errors, but when Apple did it, somehow it worked. So I don't know, maybe they had another tool, maybe they had system configurator that they were able to to use behind the scenes that they weren't able to use when we were in the Genius Grove. But they got it back, and they didn't charge me a cent. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, obviously we'll never know what exactly happened. Because they did try in the store, they did the regular old, you know, configurator to all the stuff that you tried before, and it didn't work. I mean, I don't know, maybe they really did just open it up and, like, reseed it and, and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it happened to work. But there's definitely a chance that they had some secret tool or some secret software uh, that obviously they're not going to tell you about and they were able to bring it back. But, you know, regardless, we'll, we'll never know, but it's great that they were able to do it 
and and obviously you know free of charge too yeah well and they they seemed really more concerned with any potential issues with the product which Mm -hmm. i think is valid um it's not only a good look but it's also the most logical thing that you could do uh and anecdotally um and i did see some people here saying essentially uh the ordinary joe trying the same warranty voided well i don't think so because the the genius bar is not really a subjective institution they are very you know restricted in what they can or cannot do for example uh i actually i mean when when i was working on these mac studio videos i was talking with genius employees so i got a lot of insight into how their internal system works and essentially they have tools at their disposal that can rewrite the serial number on your logic board supposedly um but they're only allowed to access those tools in the case of certain uh, repair or upgrade procedures. It's all based on this system that they're working through. So they can't just, you know, out of spite, say you voided your warranty and then, oh, you're a YouTuber, so we're going to fix it. Like, that's just not really how it works. Uh, And we saw that actually in the work authorization where they said, I think they called it software repair level one, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if the level is like intensity or like how deep into the system you're going where like level one would be the most basic firmware. You know what I mean? That difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, But I definitely think, I mean, for what it's worth, the genius, the geniuses that we worked with I don't think they recognized you. There was one that did, um, that we were just chatting with, but, but, uh, he wasn't really helping us. Uh, and yeah, you know what else I was remembering? Cause you were talking about, you know, there's obviously there's, first of all, Apple obviously has all those tools, uh, that, that are available to the geniuses in certain situations. But I remember when we did that project with all of those iMacs and we were trying to get them iCloud unlocked, didn't we learn that mm. like, uh, there was like the unlocking tool. There was like someone at like the like the Apple headquarters that they had to like call into the person at the Apple headquarters, and they would like generate a unique key or certificate or something and and send it back. And there was like yes. a whole thing that we learned there that was really interesting. Yeah, that was I totally forgot about that. I can't believe you remember that. That yeah. was that was January twenty twenty. We worked on that like December twenty nineteen. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not remember that at all. But yeah, you're right. When when there's a case of an iCloud recovery, the whether it's the Apple Store or an authorized repair center, they have to call in to like Apple Campus or some like a very high up place and generate this key in order to use the software that they have locally. So they're very restricted in what they're actually able to do which we could talk about for quite a while in terms of how effective or helpful that actually is. I guess it's all in the name of privacy. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. privacy security. We've always had the discussion, but the privacy security and, 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 uh, and all that. But yeah, so that is the tale. The Mac Studio is back. I'm selling it to John Prosser because his 
delivery dates keep slipping. Oof. He, I feel bad for the guy because he. Oh, oh, is that three? That's the third one. That's the third one. So a couple. Me. Actually, I don't think I saw many people say. I saw it on your face. <laughs> I don't think I saw many people say three. Yeah, I, I don't saw think a lot so. of uh, fours. Four people. People who guess four are sweating right now because. There's lots of time. Yeah. So one more, easy. But two more, that's also possible. Yeah. This is stressful. People are saying uh, in the in the chat that I have like strings or something that like I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> I promise. Noah is the puppet master. I promise. Like, we've been over this before. I have this tape. It's supposed to be... It's gorilla tape. It's supposed to be good. It's for rough surfaces, except not this wall, apparently. Mm. I promise... I promise I have been trying to make it work. I'm not... I'm not cheating. Folks, yet. Noah, we... I don't know if you just noticed this, but you just started beef with gorilla. We just called them out on air and said, Hey, your thing doesn't work. Because you have a rough surface... And it explicitly states that it can stick to it. Uh huh. And as we've proven week after week, it's not it's not holding up. Yeah, it's not. And like, look at this. Wait, that's so much. Oh my god. Lots of tape. How many pieces I'm... of tape is that? Like ten? Uh, eleven. Eleven pieces of tape. Oh gosh. And and Michael says, "May I remember? May I recommend Gorilla Glue? Yeah, at a rental. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, maybe not the best approach. But I just I just want to make it clear that uh, that I it's not it's not uh, staged. It's I I am trying to keep them on the wall, and they just they just won't have it. Also, uh." They were kidding. The person who suggested that you're the puppet master. No, I'm, I know people are. I know people I know people are kidding, but I just uh, <laughs> it's just it's just too funny to, to to not bring up. Oh, here we go. There's the problem. It's only good on gorillas, not walls. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make sense. We we were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> See, command strips. Didn't you try that at first? I don't remember what I... I feel like maybe I tried, like, double-sided tape or something. I guess I could try command strips. They, they might actually work. Maybe... They're kind of expensive, but maybe I'll maybe I'll try that. I think I could... I think I could spare the expense. Or... Concrete. Yeah, that's... That's a great idea. Ah! Heck yeah. Now, on a completely unrelated note... WWDC. Do you like that transition there, Noah? That was great. That was very smooth. So, WWDC, Dub Dub, is around the corner. Surprisingly soon, actually. So, we are not going to have to wait that long. And I think the thing that's on everybody's mind that I want to get your take on here, Noah, is the Mac Pro. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see it? They left us in that last event. They left us with that cliffhanger where they're like, you know, we've we've uh, we're we're coming to the end. What do they say? I forget exactly what they said, but I, but they said that the last product that needed to be upgraded was the Mac Pro. 
So they left mm-hmm. us. They left us on that cliffhanger, and they specifically uh, mentioned it. Oh, jeez. There's no. Oh, that's four. Wow, we might be going. I think I. I think I said all six, and oh, uh, we man. might be going for it. Could this be a historic day? That would be. This is going to be written about in the ancient tomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The day that all six wall panels fell. Yeah. We'll wow. See. But um. But yeah, so I think it's really interesting that they brought they they specifically mentioned the Mac Pro in it. And I'm trying to think like does Apple obviously uh you know they've teased products before they've come out, but this wasn't a teaser, it was just a mention. And obviously the Mac mm. Pro is not a new product, it's that it's going to get updated, but like the fact that they mentioned it seems kind of like unlike apple or just unlike what they've done in the past to mention specifically yeah like, everyone knows the new the iphone is going to be updated every year but apple never talks about oh there's going to be a new iphone coming out you know whenever because people people already know that but i think just to mention the mac pro at the end of the event like mm. that I, I don't know if there's a precedent for that i think it's kind of interesting so i don't know yeah i it's very interesting okay the thing that stood out to me the thing that stood out to me a lot that we're now being able to put together from this event is they said this is the final chip in the M1 lineup mm-hmm. when talking about M1 Ultra. Mm-hmm. So that narrows down M1 Extreme. That kind of eliminates that possibility right. in terms of branding, right? So that's interesting. Now, the other thing that was interesting was uh, when they basically said, There's only one thing left to transition, and that's the Mac Pro, but that's for another day. Yeah. And did like a little wink. You know, it went like, ding! We really need a soundboard. Yeah. We got to do that. Um, So that all to me says, number one, soon. And number two, what I've recently been wondering, is the Mac Pro going to have an M chip at all. Because why would they mention there's still a Mac Pro after they, you know, they they release a Mac Studio and they say, but don't worry, the Mac Pro is coming and that's for another day. And if that Mac Pro were in fact two M1 Ultras, I don't, I don't, personally think that two m1 ultras makes a mac pro because first of all right now you look at the mac pro and what does it have a crap ton of options apple silicon doesn't have that it doesn't have upgradability it doesn't have any sort of like expansion it even has memory that's tied to the actual chip itself so Right now, you can get 128 gigabytes of RAM, but theoretically, this Mac Pro would be limited to 256 if it's, you know, two M1 Ultras. And personally, I don't think that two M1 Ultras or even two M2 Ultras put together are going to really be enough for something that purports to replace the Intel Mac Pro. Because let's not forget, just three years ago, 
in June will mark when this new generation Intel Mac Pro came out. It's not outdated. It's not old. And when they brought that thing out, the whole point of it was we're going back to what the Mac Pro should be. Upgradable, expandable, customizable. And if they're going to just three or four years later say, um, actually, so no, we're not going to not do that anymore. We know we said it was back, but it was only like a little back because now we're going to not do that. I don't think I buy that. They developed the MPX modules. They have a whole page on their store with accessories for the Mac Pro. That's a lot of engineering and a lot of work to just completely throw away that entire like idea, that entire concept for what the Mac Pro would be. Yeah, that's an interesting point because there were obviously, you know, the Mac Pro has those cards like the afterburner card that you can upgrade and yeah it had a lot of options uh i don't remember what all of the upgrades like could you upgrade the cpu and the 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 ram like the memory and all that stuff as well oh yeah you can do you can do graphics you can add they had that um like the thunder smack card what was that thing the afterburner thing yeah thunder smack i like that better Um, it had an internal USB port. If you needed to power accessories, you could plug in SATA hard drives. You could plug in raid arrays. You could do the CPU. You can do the graphics. You can do the built-in SSD or add PCIe SSDs. You could do all the Ram as much Ram as you can imagine. Like it's just, it doesn't seem like it would actually make any sense to to just basically announce a, a, a Mac Studio that's taller and just has more of the same in it. I just I just don't see that making sense. Yeah, I agree because, um, I mean, for one thing, you know, we, I guess we've heard rumors of two M1 Ultras maybe as a starting configuration. But even then, like we saw two M1 Maxes makes an M1 Ultra. So why would two M1 Ultras not have a different name, right? But we already know that there isn't going to be another name because, you know, Apple told us that. So it kind of seems, I mean, I don't know. They could just say two M1 Ultras, but uh, they didn't just say two M1 Maxes. They said that's an M1 Ultra. So I don't know. That's a little bit, a little Mm. bit of a difference there. And yeah, definitely like, you know, the 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 processing, the the CPU, I guess, and the memory and the GPU uh, all being in sort of one package definitely doesn't uh bode super well for expansion. I wonder if and the thing the thing that's throwing me off is I'm wondering like like imagine if they had a card that was like an M1, let's say an M1 Ultra card, right? And you could like stick mm-hmm. one in or you could stick multiple cards in or whatever like that. I feel like that could be uh, potentially a way. Obviously, I guess the the memory, the CPU and the GPU would all be on that card, but at least, you know, yeah. it could be upgradable, whatever. But then like when Apple introduced the M1 Ultra 
and they said, you know, we had the two M1 Maxes, and I have to go back and look at this, but they said, you know, we didn't just take two M1 Maxes and, you know, connect them up with, like, a standard ribbon cable or whatever they said, because it would be too slow. So we built this, like, special bridge thing that is going to connect them together. And and so if they're going to do any sort of, you know, play for upgradability, I don't know if they can, if they're, you know, maybe they'd have to use some of those, like, slower mm. uh, connections that they specifically said they didn't want to use for the M1 Ultra. I don't know. That's just kind of throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, that's true, because it, it feels like whatever way you go, you're going to run into some compromises there, because mm-hmm. the whole the whole magic of the M1 Ultra was being able to connect two dies and have them be functionally the same chip mm-hmm. that has never been done before in a graphics card right this is the first time that two separate gpu dies function as one it's not being combined in software it is hardware recognized as a single gpu mm-hmm. and that's an unbelievable achievement amd and nvidia have not been able to do that and so it would definitely, as you say, Noah, seem like a little bit of a compromise if they then say, okay, well, this is basically like fancy SLI. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a downgrade. So I don't know. But I have also been toying with this thought, Noah, mm-hmm. that what if what if this is like not even, not even an M chip? What if What if M is is not for the Mac Pro. It, it stands to reason. I mean, it's a it's a marketing thing at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Like when you like the M1 uh basically I mean all the branding. Like if you look at the chip in an iPad versus the chip in a Mac, obviously there are, you know, some differences, but overall they're 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 very similar. And if you look at, you know, M1 Pro versus M1 Max, and and you know the the differences are just like you know the number of cores and and you know media engines and whatever. But like all of these things are very very similar, and so it's really just marketing of saying you know how many of each little component is going to go in each chip, which components are we going to use, whatever. So absolutely, they could. I saw some people in the chat saying maybe like an X1 uh, chip or something like mm. that. Uh, yeah, it's a marketing thing at the end of the day. And I, I still think that even if the name is different, that the underlying architecture and the underlying idea is going to still be very similar, right? Same thing between the A-series chips and the M-series chips. But I could totally see from, from a marketing perspective, um, you know, if they wanted to really differentiate the the Mac Pro, you know, give it a different name. Absolutely. It's, I don't even know, man. It's just so strange to have, like, the only two bits of information that we know is that Mac Pro is coming, and I feel like teasing it in March means essentially, hey, if you want the best of the best, don't buy the Mac Studio yet. That's what it means. The fact that you would announce this high-end $5,000, $8,000 machine and then say, the Mac Pro is still coming. You're saying that because you're you're signaling industry professionals, you're signaling your Mac Pro audience to say, this is not a Mac Pro. Don't buy this yet. Wait. And it's not very often that a company tells some people to wait. 
So for me, that does not mean like wait another year because that's kind of a middle finger, right? Yeah. For all of these people on, on 2019 Mac Pros who are now kind of like, uh, shucks, uh, the Mac Studio, which is like a tenth of the volume, is more powerful. Uh, it doesn't use a thousand watts of power <laughs> and it's completely silent. Uh-oh, I want Apple Silicon in my life. So to me, it doesn't make sense for Apple to keep those target audiences waiting for a year or more. Just DubDub does does make a lot of sense. And another theory that I've just thought of literally just now, no, Mm -hmm. is we've heard a lot about M2. Mm -hmm. We've heard, you know, M2 chips. We've heard M2 Pro and Max, you know. These are chips that are coming, which is good because it seems like Apple might be accelerating the pace at which they're updating all of these products. Like we had to wait a year to go from M1 to M1 Pro. And then we only waited a couple months to go to Max. And now we're talking about M2. And it's getting to the point where if Apple's able to scale these things more easily, maybe M2 generations can can come out relatively quickly like maybe m3 comes out and then m3 max and pro within the same event even uh because you know obviously they all share the basic fundamentals so theoretically right you can make those procedural changes without another year of development between m2 and m2 pro so that's what i'm hoping for personally but if we're already moving on to M2, and Mark Gurman even talked today that M3 is in development for the iMac, and that Apple really wants to keep this clock ticking, these wheels spinning, mm-hmm. these conveyor belts conveying, mm-hmm. maybe uh, that sort of speed would hopefully include them having worked on a Mac Pro to fit in there. Yeah, I definitely think... Uh, so for one thing, for what it's worth, you know, they talked about a a two-year time frame to move everything to Apple True. Silicon. And obviously, you know... I mean, when they when they talked about it, we were already in uh, in COVID, right? We were pretty, pretty well into... Oh, my God. Uh, Oh my god. That one bonked me on the head. That is iconic. Yeah, that's... uh... Well... (laughs) That's a new new one. This is going down in the ancient tomes as one of the most titillating dark modes there has ever been. Yeah. Are you titillated, Noah? I, I would say so. I would say so. There's only one left. We've got 23 minutes for the final wall panel to make up its mind what it wants to do. Yeah, I don't know. But uh but yeah, so I think uh I think it's pretty uh you know, cuz when we got the 2 year am I am I right that we that it was when was it? It was uh the the fall/winter slash of 2020, right? That's when the first 
yeah. ones came out. And so, you know, end of this year, late this year, will be two years, you know, since then. And mm-hmm. if and this was, you know, well into COVID. Uh, and, and, and I think the supply chain, maybe it got worse. I don't know, but I think I'm sure COVID had, had some effect on the supply chain by that, by that time. And there it is. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, history has been made. I said we had 23 minutes left for the final wall panel. Uh, it took one minute after I said that. For it to happen. Yeah. But this is a historic day. They've all fallen down. Wow. Amazing. How about that? But yeah, you were mentioning there about the two-year transition. That actually is interesting because a lot of people assumed it started at WWDC 2020. Mm, Interesting. And so... Then WWDC last year, they were like, oh, God, it's halfway done, and we only have the M1 chip. Mm -hmm. But then in October, when they came out with the MacBook Pros, they said, we're now halfway through our transition. So then they were basically saying, okay, the clock started November of 2020. And what makes that interesting is when you go back to March, they said, now there's just one product left to transition. By their own rules, that should mean that by November or December, if we give them a little bit of wiggle room, that should be when the Mac Pro is ready. It would only make sense. Yeah, I think we could very well see, maybe because I know with the um, with the with the current Mac Pro, we did get the the teaser at WWDC, right? Or was that the previous one, the one before? The wait, which teaser? The well, okay, for the Trash Can Mac Pro, we got a teaser at WWDC, right? And then it came out later that year. Correct. Was that true yeah. for the for the cheese grater, like the current one, or no? It was, yes. Okay. So So the twenty thirteen Mac Pro was teased on at WWDC 2013 mm-hmm. came out like December 13th. Mm-hmm. A lot of 13s. Maybe that's why it was doomed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Uh, then the iMac Pro was the same thing actually. 2017, they announced it at WWDC. And then it came out again in December. And then again, the Mac Pro in 2019. Dub dub. Reveal, December launch. I I think it would only make sense for them to do that again with this. Mm-hmm. And if they do it at WWDC next year and release it in December 2023, they will have missed the two-year transition by a full year. Yeah. And they will have pissed off all of the Mac Pro users that they told to wait in March of 2022. Like, in, in March of 2022, they tell you to wait. You don't get it until December 2023. Realistically, 2024 by the time stock is out. That that seems unlikely to me, personally. Yeah, I think... I definitely think that Apple will be ready because like they'll be ready for this year and i do think you know dub dub get a teaser launch 
later in the year, maybe December, maybe a little bit sooner, but sometime at the end of the year. I think it makes a lot of sense. And like we saw the Mac Studio, right? That's a new, uh, that's a new Mac. It's a new sort of product line, mm-hmm. and they had time to do that. There was a new product line and and a new chip, sort of. I mean, it's you know two M2s or two, uh, sorry, two M1 Maxes with whatever connector thing they have, but you know essentially a new chip. Mm-hmm. So they had time to do all of that. And, um, and, and I feel like they, they wouldn't have done that unless they could have also done the Mac pro. I think, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's fair. Now I also have a conspiracy theory because a lot of people were talking about, um, disappointment that there was no iMac. And now here's, here's something, here's something that I've been mulling over in the old noggin. Mm -hmm. All right. We had been hearing for months from industry analyst Ross Young, who is literally 100% accurate. If Ross Young says Apple's doing something, it it's happening. Because everything that he talks about is displays. And when Ross Young says this is what the display is like, it is. So he was talking months ago about a 27-inch 5K mini-LED ProMotion panel. I think that the studio display was going to have that panel, but it wasn't ready when the Mac Studio needed to come out. Because if you're going to be launching this Mac Pro at WWDC, that means the Mac Studio has to come out before that. Otherwise, it's silly, right? You you, you launch these in order of performance mm-hmm. because nobody cares about what's less powerful than the other one. Like, that's not, that's not interesting. I mean, except for an M2, but that's, you know, more powerful than the M1. Right. If you're t- doing a generation, nobody's going nobody's gonna to give a toss if you have this crazy Mac Pro and then you're like, hey, we got something that's not as fast or good yeah and it was like okay i don't i don't care about that so i think the studio display was a rush job i think the new panel wasn't ready so they put the same panel that they already had in it yeah i think and i know that was i mean you have a studio display i've seen it in person Mm -hmm. uh briefly but I know that uh, the the general consensus was that maybe it wasn't quite worth the money, or at least that more was expected for the for the price in terms of the uh, the quality or features of the display. And you know, maybe that could explain it. Maybe they were playing to have a nicer panel in there, and maybe at the same price, maybe at a higher price, but they kind of uh, just you know did what they had to do, and and uh, and that's what happened. And now there were some reasons, right? People said, okay, look, 5K, 120 hertz is not possible over a, a display port signal. It's just not something that you can really do. And so that, you know, understandably means there's going to be engineering if Apple wants to pull that off. So that's probably why we're seeing these delays. But when you look at the actual Mac Studio hardware itself, it is ridiculously overkill. Or, sorry, the studio display. It is ridiculously overkill. 
Dude, they designed a power supply that has cutouts in the PCB for transistors and and inductors and um, the caps. Mm -hmm. There's holes in the PCB so that they can make the power supply, instead of having like a PCB with stuff on top of it, the stuff is embedded in the thing to make it as thin as possible. Mm -hmm. There is an entire iPhone 12, uh, an iPhone 11 Pro in there with 64 gigabytes of storage, an A13 chip. There are two cooling fans in there. This thing is unbelievably over-engineered for the same panel that they had in the iMac. And I'm sorry, I don't buy that. I don't think that that is feasible. I am 100% convinced that if not ProMotion, at the very least, a mini LED panel was supposed to go in this thing. And they ended up running out of time saying, look, the Mac Studio has to launch before the Mac Pro. And that means the Studio Display has to launch before the crazy XDR display replacement. Because otherwise, again, why would anyone care about it? And why would you... And you can't launch an entirely new desktop without having a monitor to sell with it. So we take the panel that we've already got a billion of from the iMac, which, by the way, we've conveniently discontinued, thus giving us a surplus of these panels. Bob's your uncle. You've got yourself... A studio display. I think it was originally going to be 1999 with mini LED and all that stuff. And then they're like, okay, use a different panel, drop it down a little bit, not enough. Yeah. And that I think is how we got to the situation. Yeah. And I could see, I could see, you know, maybe a studio display pro or them, them reusing some of the like really cool engineering stuff that they did in the next pro display XDR or whatever they're going to call it. Um, you know, hopefully the studio display, and I don't think it would be that the studio display would be, you know, the, the, the last, you know, display, like hopefully, I guess, you know, when the Mac pro, uh, comes out and if we're expecting it, maybe at the end of the year, then I think we would probably expect a new display, uh, to come with it as well. May probably an updated, version of the pro display xdr um but you know maybe we could see uh some of that stuff being put to better use there now to back up what we've been talking about here i found a little little old tweet from ross young and this mini led panel he says still expecting a 27 inch mini led panel from apple in june Guess it might be a Studio Display Pro. Mm. Have confirmed it with multiple companies in their supply chain, and we believe production has already started on the panel for the new display. That was on March 10th, two days after the event. So if production is starting, that seems to back up what we've just been saying, right? You know, they weren't able to hit their targets for getting the display out now, but you come out with Studio Display Pro, or maybe they just call it a new mini LED or a new XDR Studio Display. Studio Display XDR. Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. A- add an, uh, maybe another $1,000 to be perfectly honest. Yeah. $24.99 maybe. 
That sounds like an Apple-y kind of number, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could I could uh. see it. I could see it happening. Uh Yeah, I mean it could have been it, it could have been their plan. It could have been uh, you know, that that they ran out of time and and you know, sort of like you said, but it definitely makes sense. I, I I'm just a little interested the fact that it's still 27 inches. Because I would expect, yeah. and I guess that's sort of, because the Pro Display XDR, that's got to be what, like 32 or 34 inches? Is that right? The current one is yeah. 32. Okay, 32. So so if we're, you know, if the rumor is about a 27 inch, it's got to be a studio display, maybe a studio display Pro or, well, it can't be a next generation because they just launched the current one. So let's call it a studio display Pro, yeah. right? Because the, the 32, mm-hmm. I guess, has got to be, uh, you know, the Pro Display XDR whenever that comes out. Yeah, and it's interesting that he says that that Ross Young is saying June Mm -hmm. because now in terms of accuracy, Ross Young, when he says this panel exists, it does and the product happens. So there will be a mini LED 5K display in some form, almost certainly eventually in an iMac, uh, though that as we are hearing is not super duper soon, but it will happen eventually. Um, So... I don't know. I guess that goes alongside the Mac Pro, but then we've also heard that there's a 7K one. Oh wow! Have you heard that, Noah? Apparently, I don't know if that came from Ross Young. He's still trying to get confirmation on that, as last I've seen. But supposedly, there's a 7K panel. Jeez. Hopefully, I guess that might be larger than the 6K one, because Apple's all about pixel density, right? Mm-hmm. So they they usually keep it around 220. So 7K means most likely just a larger screen, larger than 32 inches. Yeah. I'm going to buy one of those, Noah. <laughs> I know you it's are. It's going to kill me, but I'm going to buy one of those. It's going to be $10,000. Uh-huh. I'm not even joking. I feel like 7K, <laughs> It's dude, it's going to be ten grand with mini LED. Ah, oh, I'll die. I will buy that so hard. And I will be weeping all the way to the bank, but I will it'll be okay because it'll be so pretty. Yeah, that will definitely I mean if the current one's already isn't it like what is it, four thousand, five thousand dollars? Yeah, forty nine ninety nine before yeah. you add the stand. Yeah, so uh, if that's what we're if that's what we're starting with and we're getting a bigger Display maybe thirty four inches, maybe thirty six. I don't know, but we're getting a bigger display. Oh, thirty six. I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting in front of a what is it, a thirty two inch display right now, and I feel like this is, uh, I guess it's thirty one point five inches technically, but uh, but thirty two. So the XDR thing. Okay, so I'm sitting in front of that size display right now, and I think that this is a pretty good size for a display. I don't know. I mean, I guess if it were bigger, I wouldn't complain. But I feel like 32 is uh, is is a pretty solid size. But whatever this thing is going to be, it's definitely going to be expensive. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be bankruptcy worthy, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Now, I do want to address some people we're talking about. Since since we're talking about Ross Young, Ross Young has has essentially told us that the next generation MacBook Air will be 13.6 inches and then 
two inches. And that is awesome. Dude, could you imagine a world where the the MacBook Air retains its form factor but gets a slightly larger screen and much thinner and lighter construction and then also a 15-inch bigger brother? Oh, dude, every time I think about the 15-inch MacBook Air, I get a little queasy <laughs> because of how much I want one. Yeah, those things... It seems awesome. Those are going to sell... Because the MacBook Air is like such a good... It's such an easy computer to to recommend. Like the M1 MacBook Air is such an easy computer to recommend to like anyone that needs like a good solid computer. It has great battery life. Uh, you know, it's super fast and, and whatever. And like, yeah, a MacBook, like a, like a you know, 13, 15 inch... Uh, you know, super modern one, and we've seen you know renders and 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 leaks about the design, and that thing is just going to be so cool, and it's going to be so like such a good computer. I'm just like, dude, a 15 inch MacBook Air. It's just, I think it's exactly what most people would find ideal, because. When you talk about a 16-inch MacBook Pro, with which both you and I have, Noah, mm-hmm. let's not let's not pretend that they're not quite large. They are. They're they're chunky boys. They they got some heft, if we're honest. They're great, but they are not. If I were still going to college, I would be bringing my 14-inch MacBook Pro with me instead, and I would be going. Mm. I do wish the screen was a little bigger. And a MacBook Air is literally perfect for that because, let's be honest, you don't necessarily need all the performance all the time. I find the M1 Pro to be overkill in some cases. You know, when I'm just browsing, doing email stuff, I would much rather have a less powerful chip with better battery life in those cases compared to a 14-inch with an M1 Max, for example. And so the idea that you could have a screen larger than the 14-inch with battery life better than it, but performance not as good at a lower price in a thinner chassis? Oh, yes. Sign me up immediately. As soon as humanly possible, please. Yeah, those were I remember when I like when I was in college, when I got my iPad at the end of 2018, um I mostly just brought the iPad to classes. I kind of just stopped bringing I had a 15-inch MacBook Pro um which is it's not it wasn't as thick and it wasn't quite as large as the current 16-inch, but even that I felt like um you know, it was fine, but it was maybe a little bit much. So I always just brought my iPad with me. And, you know, 11-inch mm-hmm. iPad, honestly, it was pretty solid. But, like, yeah, having a 15-inch screen, but, like, having it be basically as portable. Obviously, it's bigger, but, you know, you throw it in a backpack, whatever. It's it's basically, you know, as portable. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, that would be... I'm not sure if I would if I would buy one. I can't, I can't justify multiple Macs as easily. 
uh, as you can because it's not my job. <laughs> um, but yeah. they would definitely be cool, and I would definitely uh, you know check them out, and I would be very jealous if I uh, if I saw one. <laughs> Dude, and and the fact that we're hoping expecting it to be colorful mm-hmm. oh yeah oh my god i want a blue 15 inch macbook air so freaking bad and the best part is it's gonna be like 14.99 that's my that would be my guess maybe even less than that to be honest because if you're talking about a macbook air being right now 9.99 possibly as much as Eleven ninety nine in this redesign if they decide to increase the price. But you know, jumping up in sizes on the MacBook Pro, that's a two hundred dollar option, right? Mm-hmm. So theoretically, if if the MacBook Air is nine ninety nine, the fifteen inch would be eleven ninety nine, and if the MacBook Air is eleven ninety nine, it would be thirteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That would be so awesome, dude. Oh, my God. Please. Please, Apple. I beg of you. Release a 15-inch MacBook Air at $1,199. That would be the perfect... Literally, any other computer that you can imagine would be worse than that. <laughs> in round. some way. In some imagine way. a computer, and it sucks <laughs> by comparison. Noah, what's the coolest computer you can think of? Uh, the... That giant supercomputer that like takes up an entire room. It sucks. It's terrible. It's not portable. You should get a MacBook Air instead. Exactly. What if you want to go somewhere? You can't. You got to go to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Boring. MacBook Air is better. Yeah, that's, uh, that is true. And the colors, definitely. I really wish that Apple had more colors on their like pro offerings and the iPhones, they've been doing a bit better with that. I've liked the uh, like yearly colors that they have, but I love having like colorful things. I don't like, I I try Mm. not to go for like the, the, the white option or the black option. If there's like a, like a cool color option, I always go for that one. And, uh, and I, I hope that like, you know, maybe, maybe they, they keep doing that and they'll definitely do that for the airs. And I'm going to be super jealous of, of the, of the cool colors on the airs. Well, let's just paint your MacBook pro. It's easy. Hmm. That would, uh, that would be one way to do it. I'm not, I'm not sure how that would turn out. You know what I am sure will turn out, how will turn out, turn out. What's that? the ending of this episode of dark mode and i'm sure that it will turn out poorly because i (laughs) messed that up pretty big time yes and also i promised that we would play a game oh yeah so here's the game noah when do you think dark mode is gonna end i think it's gonna end right now